Hey guys, welcome back to the pod. I just wanted to come on here before I start my interview with Cody to let you guys know exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Cody is the creator of a company called The Multifamily Strategy. He's a real estate investor and owns, as you'll hear him say, over 80 doors at the age of 22. So he's a really great young entrepreneur. I'm super excited for you guys to hear the conversation we had today because not only is it inspiring, but it's also just cool to hear the different opportunities and options there are for investing in real estate. Um, But besides that, I'm just going to let you guys listen. I hope you enjoy this episode and let me know who else you want to hear from in the future. Everybody, welcome back to Rent Free with Mackenzie Davis. Today, I have a special guest, Cody Davis. He is the owner of the Multifamily Strategy, which is his company for investing in real estate. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about that today, but I'm going to give it off to him to introduce himself. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Mackenzie. I really appreciate it. Um, But like Mackenzie mentioned, my name's Cody, and I'm a 22-year-old real estate investor out of the Seattle area, born and raised just south of there in Tacoma, small little city. And over the past two and a half years, I've accumulated 81 apartment units that I own, some by myself and some with my business partner, Christian. And since then, uh, we're just working on scaling up and helping others do the same thing. That is so cool. I didn't realize you had that many doors. Like that's really awesome, especially at like such a young age. Um, so tell us more about that and like what it is exactly that you do um, when you, you know, like what, how do you buy those? What are you buying, etc. Yeah, so just when I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm looking typically for six or more units in a specific building so i want to look at a sixplex or bigger and i started out with a 12plex but i I didn't have any money which was the difficult part so i had to get a little bit creative didn't fit in the traditional box at 19 years old as a college dropout imagine that (laughs) and uh, that led me to look into seller financing okay awesome and for for those people that don't know like Seller financing is when you have the seller, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I might be wrong, but the the seller of the property pays for the whole thing until you pay them back. Is that how that works? So essentially, I'm just going to write a promissory note, and it's my promise to pay them over a period of time, and we just set out what the loan terms are. So if I pay them 2000 bucks a month and the rent is 4000 bucks a month, I just have to make my payments to them. and. I get to own the property. Wow, that's so cool. And you said you like look for specifically six unit places. Why is that six or do you ever like do duplexes, triplexes, stuff like that? I ended up buying a couple duplexes recently and I'm buying a couple triplexes, but um, I, I like scales of efficiency and economies of scale. If I can raise rent hundred bucks on six units, I make you know 600 bucks a month opposed to 100 bucks a month on a house and if rent's going to go up over time just because of market growth and inflation then i'd rather have six over one right no yeah that makes total sense um so you have your real estate license but you i know you said that um when we talked in that one meeting that you don't really use it all that much or you try not to 
So how did you, or why do you have your license if you don't like necessarily use it? And do you think it helps you at all like in this business? Original mentor told me to get licensed and so I did. And my advice for folks that are getting started is don't get your license unless you want to be a real estate agent. And some people think you need your license to do this and you don't. A lot of the people that I'm buying from, some of these people have four or 500 units that they have no debt on. It's incredible. And they started from nothing. Some of them don't have their real estate license. They didn't need it to get where they're at and where they're at today. And they can do whatever they want when they want. I found that a lot of people that focus primarily on getting their license or setting themselves up for a career over an investment path. And you just got to pick what you want to do. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that you distinguish like the career with the investing thing because they're definitely different. Um, And like I got into real estate, obviously not knowing I wanted to invest and stuff. So like that's like mostly why I did that. But do you feel like like is it make much of a difference in that like you can get paid commission on the sales that you're doing or are you doing mostly like off-market kind of stuff i uh, i'm closing on two triplexes next week that'll put me at 87 doors and that means that 56 of the 87 were on market the rest were off market so it's um it's a mix yeah yeah that's really cool Um, Is there like any specific like strategy that you used when getting started or like what kind of steps did you take when you decided that this is what you wanted to do? Well, I really want to take care of my family. It's a big thing for me. And I realized when I dropped out of college and shortly before that I was never going to have a super high paying job. And I wouldn't need a lot of money if everyone else paid for everything. So if I had tenants helping granted i have to go invest it's not just buying a place and collecting checks you got to go upgrade stuff and take care of people Um, but if i could over time build something that would pay me for life then i could take care of my family and so the more that i've started investing the more i've realized i can help out all these families that are living in these buildings and then uh, if i keep scaling i can help them out more more people i can impact and i can help my family in the process That's so cool. I love that. Um, I mean, so back to like the getting into it and and learning all of the stuff like you kind of touched on this before, but like, did you have someone that I know you have a business partner, but like someone that you looked up to or like a mentor or um, did you kind of just learn as you went? I had a mentor getting into the space and after about two years working for him uh, realized he was not a person I should have been looking up to and yeah I I got to learn some hard costly lessons in the process there and so I don't work with him anymore Um, but he did get me started so I recognized that there there was a you know it was a lift up and then I just realized you know good business is good business and then vice versa so um, I had a mentor get started and, and now I just ordain things out with my business partner, Christian, and um, we're paying a lot for education and meeting people, but everything we do is focused on learning from folks who have done this. Gotcha. Yeah. I feel like that's the best way to learn, just like following in the footsteps of other people that have been like successful. 
Um, so you had kind of like an interesting experience with a mentor. Like, would you still recommend that other people trying to do what you did get a mentor or would you kind of? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's my number one tip to people all the time. Like they ask me when getting in real estate, like what do you suggest? And I just like always get a mentor. I don't care like what kind of real estate you're getting into because I would have been so lost. Like, I don't know. I'm sure you're familiar with that too. Like that feeling once you get your license and then you're like, well, what the hell am I doing? Like, I have no idea. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, in regards to seller financing, like I feel like it's one of those things that sounds too good to be true. Um, can you talk a little bit about the things that could happen or like the negatives and positives and like why it's a good option? Yeah, so despite having about $6 million in debt today, I'm a huge Dave Ramsey fan. He would say I'm delusional, and that's okay. <laughs> Probably am. But um, when you add debt, you add risk. At the end of the day, that is it. You add debt, you add risk. When you add partners, you add risk. And there's other extensions of that. But seller financing is just a debt product. And you can make up your terms. And when you reduce time frames and you reduce cash flow, you add extra risk. So I like seller financing because I can set my timelines. I can give myself 10 years, 20 years, 30 years to pay it off. I can write the interest rate wherever it's mutually beneficial to maximize my cash flow and get what the seller's looking for. And I don't have as much leeway with bank. And granted, I'm a little biased because I don't even qualify for bank debt yet. So <laughs> um, maybe someday, yeah. but I get to write the notes so that it makes sense for me and it minimizes my risk. That said, it is still debt. And if you don't do the right math, you can get underwater because you're setting the terms. It's not like a bank is going to deny your loan because they have to make sure the deal cash flows. If you do bad math, you don't have someone else, some third party saying this isn't going to finance. So you have to be careful making sure you set everything up right and you, you know your numbers. But shy of that, it's a debt product and it allows you to buy things that you couldn't afford to pay in cash, which allows you to go quicker. And as long as you are responsible, disciplined, and uh, make sure you're buying in good locations that aren't going to become ghost towns, then odds are you're going to do okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and like in terms of like finding those properties that you find like that are cash flowing and like doing the math on those properties like what do you do exactly to to find the good ones you know yeah i use google maps um super simple i actually just posted a video on this because no one believed me and i showed exactly <laughs> what i did but i use google maps i go to tax assessor figure out who owns it I go to a website called Open Corporates, figure out all the LLCs that they own. Um, Google, and this is where having MLS access is helpful. If you don't have your license, you can just ask a broker to do this, but you can plug in all the, the LLCs and you find out how big their portfolio is. And then you just gotta Google their name. And usually there's a tax filing that has their contact info on it. So you can give them a call. Yeah. That's cool. And honestly, like I have had this similar experience with like wholesaling where that's how I found the properties I wholesaled. I literally would just like pretend like I was driving down the street on Google Maps and people were asking like, how do you, how do you find them? And I was like, literally just like drive around or <laughs> like go on Google Maps and like people are shocked that that's 
um, how you find it. And I, I was watching some of your guys' YouTube videos earlier, and I you said something like um, all of the properties that you find off-market are on Google Maps or something like that. I thought that was really cool because it makes sense. I mean, like, every property you're going to find is there. So um, I like that little tip. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and then also in your videos, you, you were talking about how it's so important to build relationships what do you think like the best way to do that in this space is call someone up put a, a face to the name you know most people get stuck on the phone and they think it's going to be a waste of time to go book a meeting because it's not efficient you can bust out a hundred calls in an hour and reach a couple people or you can go meet with one person and maybe it goes somewhere um, that maybe is how you build relationships. You you donate basically your time. You commit to maybe an hour, hour and a half meeting with someone and you share your pieces. The consulting company that you had mentioned earlier, Multifamily Strategy, is built off of five questions, a circle and a square. And the, the circle represents your universe and essentially you got three sectors you've got relatability goals and you've got significance and your relatability when you're you're meeting with people is based off of your past it's your stories and that's how you connect with folks and so it's good to share bits and pieces of your story and then you learn and inquire on bits and pieces of other people's stories you share your goals where you're looking to go it's future pacing and you learn about some of their goals that they had along the journey and then you get to share why it matters yeah. The, the significance and I found that when people really focus on honing in how to present who they are and really genuinely inquire on others that relationships just happen it's it's very genuine uh, as long as you have right intentions behind it and you genuinely want to learn it's the quickest way to build rapport with people people just buy into who you are and everyone quote unquote wins yeah everyone's happy yeah no I totally agree and like I think that's something I've also given advice to my followers on is like like being genuine in this business goes so far um because there's so many people that aren't and I think that that makes a huge difference so like even in wholesaling like nobody wants to get a call where they're just like it sounds so businessy and like official so if you talk to them like a person and you just have a conversation it's so much better and your results will be so much better i've literally had people tell me that like oh well we've had 10 people call but you're the only person that sounds like you know you actually care and um and i think that that's huge so that's definitely good advice um do you attend like networking events and stuff like that all the time okay yeah cool. i've never been to one typically like because so I'm a college student. I go to school in Virginia um, and then I live in Maryland. So like when I'm away at school, I can't really like go to those events. But once I graduate this, like this May, I'm trying to like go to a bunch because I feel like I always see you guys over in Washington, like you and Charlie and like Vayna and stuff always go into those. So um, yeah, I definitely want to visit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't believe there's so many of you guys over there in Washington in the same like real estate influencer space, which is really cool. And it's nice having people local. Yeah, I bet. Um, how did you guys meet, by the way? Like, you and Charlie have always been friends, or you just kind of recently met? Charlie and I met about a year ago. Okay. And 
Yeah, we met on a Facebook group. It just so happened we were living about an hour away from each other. And so I drove down south, he drove up north, and we, we met in the middle. And that was that was how that started. And that, that was fun. He was working at K Dub yeah. at the time. And I was working at a at a brokerage. It was uh, where I first got started. And I knew that the brokerage was going to flop at the time. I was just I was ninety nine and a half percent sure that thing was tanking because that's where I got started. That's where I learned um, best practices, and there weren't a lot of best practices at the time going on. There were in this in the start, but they they vanished. So um, I was like, Charlie, you should come join over here. And knowing it was going to fail, it wasn't because of him being a broker. I wanted him to see a different side of the business. Mm-hmm. And when we were working together each day, we built up a a good business relationship and he started looking at things a little bit differently and all the k-dub people said you'll be back and I, I knew he'd be back that's not why i had him come over there i wanted to see his commitment level and see if he was teachable and so we started working together he's learned a lot yeah you know a lot better yeah he seems and good. yeah and he's having a lot of fun with it he's starting to look at real estate in florida he's looking at moving and so he, he's shown a lot of commitment and he did go to back to k-dub and i left that brokerage so i mean we were all on the same page on how that was going to play out but yeah um that's how we met and then he introduced me to vena and the rest is history yeah that's so cool i love that like um group chat and everything if you guys by the way i forget there's people like listening to this if you guys don't know we're talking about there's like a real estate group chat with like all of the real estate influencers if that's what you want to call it like people that make content about what we do um and we just we're all friends from across the country so it's pretty cool part of that one what'd you say i'm not part of that you're not no on instagram i swear to god you're in there huh well i'll add oh, you well. i'll add you oh there we this. go <laughs> i'm surprised charlie didn't add you but um anyway <laughs> so uh, i only have a few other questions for you but i just you touched on this when when you were talking about Charlie actually and moving to Miami and stuff like do you think it's a bad idea to invest in multifamily in a state you don't live in or do you think that that's also a good opportunity invest where you want to invest right wherever you believe in you don't have to live where you invest however I'd flip that and say you better invest in properties that you'd be comfortable living in I wouldn't want to buy something that I wouldn't live in myself because I wouldn't live there. Not that I have to live there, but if I wouldn't, why would my tenants want to live there? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I just like, wasn't, so is the process any different? Would you say like, if you did want to buy multifamily, like out of state or does it make it any more difficult? Well, you're probably going to visit it. I mean, I, I love seeing my properties, just going over and just looking at it. And I probably see them more than I should because it's a three-hour drive each way. So I maybe shouldn't go as much. But um, I own stuff 10 minutes from where I live in Tequila, Seattle area. Got a, a small sevenplex over there. I'm looking at buying stuff about an hour away in Bremerton. And then I've got stuff three hours away in central Washington. And... I don't have a preference. I don't see a huge difference between a three-hour drive and a three-hour flight other than maybe the cost. Um, but you got a cost of money and cost of time. So it, it depends on where you want to be. Right, right. No, that makes sense. Um, 
Okay, well, I only have one question, and that's just your best advice to anybody who wants to get into this, wants to start, they're at ground zero, like, what would you tell them um, to get started? Focus on building disciplines and um, realize that just because it makes money doesn't mean it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's, It's something that's resonated with me a lot. There's a lot of opportunities to make money, but it doesn't mean it makes sense with the long term vision for who I am. And in your case, it may not make sense for you. You know, if you can stack skill sets over time that correlate with what you really want to do and you don't sacrifice those for something short term, like investing in, I, I rag on crypto all the time. Most people investing in that don't fully understand it. Mm-hmm. And like I bought a digital salmon and I made a hundred dollars. I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. But it, you know, that may not make sense for them for their long-term investment strategy. Cause I ask them why they're doing that is to get money to put into real estate or stocks. It's like, well, why not just start with the thing you want to start with? Right. Right. Yeah. I think that that's super important because like in this business, people get so obsessed with money and so quickly and they think like, okay, well I'm going to do this because it makes me $10,000 or like whatever it is. But like, if it's not like something one that you're genuinely interested in or something that you want to do, like it's not worth it to just try to jump in and do it as fast as you can. Cause you're going to mess up and things are going to not be good. You have to like take the time, get educated and stuff like that. And I think that goes for honestly every business, but um, specifically real estate. So yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so, so much for answering all of my questions. I know that um, my podcast listeners are going to love this episode and I will add you to the group chat right now. <laughs> Legit. I've made it. <laughs> yes. All right. Hashtag influencer status. Yes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I just wanted to come on and say how much I super appreciate you guys tuning in every week. Um, I'm trying to have more guests. I'm trying to plan my content more accordingly so that you guys have things to consume (laughs) um, from me. But next week, look forward to another interview with my friend Brandon, who is going to talk to us about buying a house as a college student with a lot of debt. I know we are a lot of the population out there that's trying to buy houses in the next few years, so that should definitely be interesting. Um, I will talk to you guys later. I should have a YouTube video up, if not this week, next. So stay tuned for that. And I hope you guys have a good rest of your week.